Luke 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called Marin. For nothing will be impossible with God. Behold, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Please be seated. I know some things never grow old and you never get tired of hearing of them in this portion of scripture around our Lord, Lord's birth and concerning it. For me, it never gets old. It seems to come around sooner and sooner each year. But it never gets old. And I hope we never miss the astounding truths that we find in these verses. The fulfillment of prophecy. The plan of God's salvation. You know, I mentioned uh, in the last couple messages the, the succession, I guess, of the knowledge that we get from the Scriptures to go back as far as you can to see who taught it. Like Priscilla and I, we read commentators. The commentators quote, people who came before them. But now we'll be looking at fulfillment of prophecy concerning Jesus. And when you trace that back, you trace these prophecies, Jesus is the one who explained that these are the prophecies concerning him. 
Remember on the road to Emmaus? He opened the scriptures to all that spoke of him. So when we mention that these prophecies from Isaiah are talking of the Savior, we can be 100% sure of it. Because we can trace it right back to the words of Jesus, telling it to his apostles. There was a time when people of God did not hear from God. They, they had to rely on their patience and trusting God for nearly four to 500 years between the intertestament time. No prophecies, no oracles from God, no miracles. Yet God kept a remnant for 400 years. How many generations is that? That they would hear from God, the Messiah would come. And now God did start to reveal himself by messengers, his angels, Gabriel. First to Zechariah and Elizabeth. That she was in her sixth month. Considered to be barren. Then the same angel would come to Mary. Speaking of the Messiah's birth. Both unique circumstances. Both miraculous. So we see in verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Nazareth was not a big town, wasn't the center of the Jewish religion. But yet God chose to use a virgin from that town. And we know from other portions of Scripture that Joseph and Mary were both from the Davidic line. And that's important because that was part of Isaiah's prophecy. That beyond the line of David, it tells us in Isaiah 11, 11, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Again, we know from the genealogies found in Matthew 1.11 that Jesus Christ came from the Davidic line, son of Abraham. But that's for our benefit. It's just the, the fulfillment of these prophecies builds our confidence in the Scriptures gives us the reassurance. There are many prophecies fulfilled concerning Jesus. We're not going to go into a lot of them. 
support, we're given details not only of John the Baptist, what he would be, but also the greatness of what Jesus would be. For John the Baptist, it tells us, and you will have joy and gladness, gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of the Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Things were changing for mankind. Divine intervention from the triune God be directing John's life from birth. It was pleasing for the divine trinity to intervene in man. And now the same angel comes and tells Mary that God is intervening in her life by sending his son a son born of the virgin, confirmed by Mary herself. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? You know, our God at times withheld children, example of Zechariah and others, Abraham, to teach them patience and reliance in God's promises that even when the natural time for giving birth is over, you can still trust God's promises. God was acting in supernatural ways here, miraculous ways. You know, the angel Gabriel declares a very powerful truth concerning God. Verse 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with who, her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. He gives children to those who are barren. He will have Mary bear a child, a virgin birth. And for us, it may be hard for us to comprehend how the method. We do not have the right to question the validity the validity. Nothing is impossible with God.
Is it so hard, though, the God who created heaven and earth and all that's in it? To have the power of the Holy Spirit come on to somebody and have a child who is considered barren? Or to declare a virgin birth? The God who created everything out of nothing? Is that too difficult? But how can this truth happen? Well, the angel explains. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will come upon her. The same Holy Spirit that says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The same Holy Spirit that was there at creation is now hovering over Mary. Having her to conceive. For nothing will be impossible with God. You know, God usually works through his natural order. But he is not restricted in any way to do so. For those we prayed for, who are sick. Many times God has provided natural cures, medicines, and he, that's the normal, natural way that he runs things. It does not restrict him from miraculously healing somebody. Sometimes our restriction comes from our limited understanding. We try to look at God as we look at ourselves, our standards. God is so much more, so much beyond. Yes, a virgin birth is unique. Not difficult for God. But also the angel tells Mary who this child will be. He will be great. No qualifier. He will be great. You know, instead of John the Baptist, for he will be great before the Lord. He'll be great because he's working for the Lord. By the power of the Lord. In Jesus, he will be great. That will be his nature. All-powerful. John did the works of God through the power of God. Jesus will do the works 
empowered by himself. Empowered by himself. For each and every one of us, we have works to do. Scriptures tell us. Works prepared in advance for us to do. But those works will not be done under our power. The same Holy Spirit that overshadowed Mary, overshadowed each and every believer, dwells within each believer. And if we do anything great, it'll be great before the Lord by the power of the God, power of our God. Even Jesus' enemies said, no man spake as this man did. They saw his greatness. They saw the greatness in the miracles. His divine insight. His authority. But that greatness comes from within himself. Within him the triune God. And that greatness raised him from the dead to be the first fruits that we have life to look forward to in the resurrection. All these traits make him the greatest man that ever walked the earth. But it goes even beyond that. He is the Son of God. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. You know, Mary and every Jewish girl would understand what this statement meant. They were all looking for the Messiah, the Son of the Most High God. They would have heard it in Genesis 18.14. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Deuteronomy 32.8 When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the numbers of the Son of God. And in Psalm 47.2 For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Mary would understand that her baby would be the Most High, the Son of the Most High, who rules over all men, all nations, all history, a kingdom that would never end. You know, this is confirmed in the New Testament. In Hebrews 1.3, He is the radiance of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, 
he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mary understood who this child is, as we should. He will never leave his throne. He will never leave his throne. The conception was miraculous. But Jesus would have a natural birth. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus. Again, the miracle is in the conception. It wasn't, it didn't make Mary divine that she carried Jesus. Just like it doesn't make any of the great founding religious leaders divine. It's just that Mary had a unique task. Joseph had a unique task. Each and every one of us has a unique task. Different from each other's. But still empowered by the Holy Spirit. It tells us in Galatians 4.4, 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law. And we know that Mary and Joseph were faithful to the law. They fulfilled what the law required of them. But again, Mary knew that she would be called great among women. We look ahead in verse 49. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. It said before that, before, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. No, she's not claiming divinity. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Mary is pointing any greatness in her life has come from God. God's showing grace to me. Just like he's shown grace to all of us. Isn't that what we all should be saying? For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He saved you. He brought you into his kingdom. He uses you to advance his kingdom. But great is his name. We're all sinners, just as Mary, Joseph, all the saints were saved by grace. There was one who was great here. Jesus was great. Because he was sinless. 
In verse 35, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Jesus is holy, sinless. He held the law up. He was tempted like us. He came to earth to be like us, to save us. Now I believe in His omnipresent presence. He can relate to us no matter how He would have worked out salvation for us. The fact that I, he walked among us, I believe it's for our benefit. In Hebrews 2.4 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like us, his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And in Hebrews verse 4, 13, 14, he says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus walked among us surely for our benefit. Surely that he can relate to us. That we have the comfort that he understands our brokenness, our sinfulness, our falling into temptation. But what we must remember here is why he did it. What he has done for us and to us. This is the basis of his grace is why he came. We are not elevated above our sinful estate that we're in. We are never great in ourselves. The church is never great on her own. It's because the power of the Holy Spirit working within it. The power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing its growth. We like Mary 
are all servants of the Most High God. What a privilege. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How glorious the church would be if all of us would say with sober hearts that we are servants of the Most High God and follow it up with our actions of our lives. Because that is exactly who we are. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord, and let it be to me according to your word. Beautiful, beautiful words. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, teach us to be servants of the Most High God. Amen.